Robinson stays in the backfield. Takes the handoff. Bajon Robinson, his first carry is a first down. Up to the 40, gets 13. At the beginning of this play, pushing the end of the line of scrimmage, sees the cutback, and this is what this man can do. Hit it and get it at 225 pounds. Look out. Now, back to BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Oh, the Falcons and Bijan Robinson cannot wait, cannot wait to watch what this offense looks like. Justin Kutcher with the call there, too. Former Wizards play-by-play guy. Good guy. Good guy. Uh, <laughs> new show alert, by the way. Don't miss the debut of BetQL tailgate kickoff. Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern with our very own Ryan Horvath. He's got the... Uh, action-packed day of college football you know he's a nerd he's gonna sit there and spend an hour nerding out more than he can do on any other show talking to himself i promise you it's gonna be a great show he's pumped about this whether you're a season better you might just be looking for the last minute edge you might be new to college football or just betting in general doesn't really matter go in check it out saturdays starting with the college football season 9 a.m eastern with ryan make sure you check that show out uh i am i i the look we, we mentioned this a little over denton day nick Ashew, bet mgm tonight I, I like preseason is a little more frustrating now, but at the same time, you still get at least some looks and you can still evaluate teams and still just get an idea of what some of them are going to look like. Like Bijan Robinson, four carries, five yards a carry. Like that guy's going to be a monster this year. And that we may not see him again the rest of the preseason. And you know what? He doesn't need it. It doesn't matter. The Falcons' offense is going to have this old school feel to it, but they're going to find ways to still make it very dynamic and creative. And I, I'll be honest with you, I've been jumping more and more on the Falcons bandwagon, Denton, as, this, as like the offseason's gone on. I'm really excited to see what this team looks like. You know, it's like old school feel with a, a new school twist, if that makes sense. Because the running game is so dynamic yeah. in what they do, utilizing all those playmakers. I can't wait to see Bijan Robinson. Now, Nick, I do wonder because we know he's going to be great, right? Like, he, he's going to have a, a lot of impact for the Falcons this year, especially because we don't know what Desmond Ritter is. I'm looking at BetMGM right now. You can get him plus 250 for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Is it, Does it feel like that's a good price for him? Because I think he's going to be really good, but 250, I would like, I would have loved if I could have got him earlier, you know, maybe a plus 300, maybe a plus 350, something around that. Like, it almost feels like plus 250. I mean, yeah, there is still, of course, positive value in that, but it almost, it feels like it's a little shorter than I would like to have it. It's not a lot. Like, listen, you get something in return, right? It's not like you're sitting there at like minus 165, which will probably be what you'll get as the season goes on. If he, if Bijan Robinson right. does what we expect him to do, don't expect to get any sort of price that's going to be valuable as the season goes on. This may be the best that it is. But the reality of this whole running back and, and uh, you know, rookie of the year situation is it's not – like, I really don't think it's going to be a runaway Bijan Robinson winning the award type of situation. Like – Jameer Gibbs is a really talented back, and he's not just a running back. He's going to be lining up in the slot. He's going to be going out and catching passes for the Lions. And for everybody that knocked and laughed at the Lions and the Falcons for drafting drafting running backs as high as they did, just keep an eye. Just keep an eye on what's going on with both of them early on. If I'm going to build a team and I want some weapons in my backfield, why wouldn't you draft a running back that you think is talented that can step in right away their rookie year like a Jameer Gibbs, who, by the way, is plus 750. I had to look it up. Plus 750 to win rookie of the year. There's a lot more value in Jameer Gibbs winning rookie of the year than Bijan Robinson, especially in that, that Lions offense, too. But 
you know, if, if I'm going to build a team, I'm gonna, I want to get them early so they're on, they're on that rookie-scale contract. This makes more sense to go out and get these guys that you think are going to be game-changing offensive players as opposed to let's go sign them in free agency or deal with that whole contract negotiation nonsense. I get that you can sometimes get guys in the third round, but if, if Bijan Robinson is graded out at a, as a first-round talent, which he should have been, and Jameer Gibbs, same thing, and you need that and you think that's going to add to your offense – then draft them if you don't have a really significant need besides that, or there's not somebody on your board that you grade higher than one of those guys when they're up there. Yeah, uh, poetry snaps for all of the teams that are realizing what you just said, which is that you can draft a playmaker that's mm-hmm. going to come in immediately and make an impact and not have to pay them a lot of money. I mean, this is what yes. teams across the NFL are starting to realize. Like, wait a second, we can do this and we can be successful. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys. Welcome to the 20th century here. But if we're talking rookie of the year, Nick, you know who I really like? It's the guy right beneath Jameer Gibbs on BetMGM. If you're getting, if you want to, it's it's almost like a mid shot, right? Like it's a, it's a mid range jumper on this one. Jackson Smith and Jigba at twelve to one. You know, people forget yeah. he is very similar in a sense. And hear me out on this, but in a sense to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase put up unbelievable numbers in that one season with Joe Burrow at LSU. And then because of COVID, and quite frankly, he just didn't want to play another year without Joe Burrow, he said, I'm not playing for an entire season. Jackson Smith and Jigma did something a little similar. I'm not going to say that his injury wasn't a real injury, but I talked to some people at Ohio State and said if he really wanted to, he could be playing in December, and he decided against it, right? It's his call. It still worked out for him. But last year, when he played, the year that he played, so I guess now two years ago because college football season starts this week. So two years ago, when he did play, he played with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And the one thing that Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson said is that Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best out of all three of us. You look at what Garrett Wilson did his rookie year. You look at what Chris Olave did his rookie year. Both of those guys panned out really well in the NFL, and they weren't exactly playing next to guys like uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who were I would say DK's a legit number one, and you could make an argument that Tyler Lockett is a legit number one. He's going to get, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to get a lot of favorable matchups for a guy of his talent. If Seattle's offense uses him correctly, that dude could go for 1,200 yards this year. Uh, the only thing that concerns me about that is, like, do we see the same Geno Smith, right? Like, is he going to look right. at least similar? I'm, I'm not even saying 30 touchdowns and 4,200 yards passing again because they've also got a couple of great running backs in that backfield that's really going to help them out, that's really going to give them opportunities. Zach Charbonnet is going to be, I, I think, somebody that's going to get – I mean, oh, yeah. I think he's going to get a, a ton of carries this year. So they're going to go with the you know the multi-back backfield, which we see a lot in the NFL. So that's good. But does Geno Smith still look similar, just, just similar, to where he was last year? Because if you look at the numbers – as the regular season went on last year, not the same player. I, I mean, it's, he, he was a good quarterback, but at the beginning of the year, right, it, you got down to that point where you're like, oh, my God, Geno Smith, and we're joking about MVP, and then you realize, like, he's actually putting up MVP numbers. So if you look at the way the last season kind of ended for him, you went with from 367 yards December 4th against the Rams, all right? He threw for 367 yards. Then it was 264, 238, 215, 183, then back to 213. Completion percentage was around the low 60s there. One even went under 60. So you started to at least see some cracks there, right? Where is it, okay, is he just wearing out because he's just not used to playing an entire season as a starter? Are teams starting to figure him out? Is it, you know, is he becoming a pumpkin? Whatever the case is, that's going to be the only thing. Like, receivers can be massive weapons to any team.
but they end up just becoming expensive decoys if your quarterback can't get on the ball. Like, it's that simple, right? The one advantage you have with somebody that's like a really talented running back when you're looking at rookie of the year, like a B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, is you just hand them off the football. Now, the offensive line has to do their part to a point, but even a really talented running back can overcome at times a, a not so good right. or maybe even bad offensive line because they're just that talented and just that shifty. Yeah, I mean, we saw Brees Hall do that last year. I mean, what's the one thing that we've heard about the Jets' yeah. offseason? They love Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> what's the second bad. thing we've heard? Their <laughs> offensive line sucks. And it's not like they were oh. all of a sudden great last year and got worse this year. They were bad last year, and Brees Hall said, I yep. can do that. He went full Thanos, said, let me do this myself, and he did. And until he got hurt, he was going to win Rookie of the Year. So you're right. There are times where um, a, a good running back to a great running back can overcome a bad offensive line. But I do have a question for you. Uh, mm -hmm. What is the deal if Geno Smith does regress? Because if you remember, like, he was this huge, fun story in the NFL last year. They tried to write me off. I didn't write back, right? My favorite thing that happens yeah. when you see someone like Geno have an inkling of success, everybody starts to tweet out, uh, the apologies better be as loud as the disrespect, as if there was like mountains mm -hmm. of people disrespecting Geno Smith. He, he was just a backup for a while. We weren't even that bad, mad about him. But if he regresses, is the disrespect allowed to be as loud as the apology was? Like, how does, how does that work? Because he got his money, right? And now people are saying, like, this could be uh, the third best team in the NFC. We don't really know. I think Dallas is better. I think New Orleans could be better. But who knows? Like, Seattle could be the third best team. If they go, like, 7-10, and 8-9, and nine, he plays the entire season. He's just not the same guy. Like, what does Seattle do at that point? Because they've invested so much money into this guy. Their receiving group and their skill position guys, Zach Charbonnet, Kenneth Walker, you know, Jackson Smith, yeah. the Jigba, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, all these guys are talented players. What does Seattle do in that case? I'm I'm very curious. They are one of the biggest wild cards in the NFC because I could easily see them exceeding expectations again, winning 11, 12 games, just as much as I could see them falling short, winning seven games. It's a team that had a win total of four and a half heading into last year, and we were questioning <laughs> whether they could even go over that win total. I mean, think about where we are. So that just shows... Like, it all rests on Geno Smith. Now, granted, they had a good draft, you know, good offseason. They've got talent on defense as well. It's not just about the running backs or, you know, any other skill positions that they have. But, you know, you sit here and you look at this team and go, yeah, this is it, – it's as far as Geno Smith can take them. Because after that, it's Drew Locke. And we've played this game with Drew Locke before. Big arm, a lot of swag. That's it. Like, that's what we get from Geno – or from, from Drew Locke. It, like – we keep trying to turn him into somebody that he's not. I always call it Jay Cutler syndrome. He's another great example, right? There's always a coach that thinks they can get the most out of the player with a bunch of physical gifts. But sometimes it's just not all there. They don't have all the pieces to be a great quarterback. And Drew Locke is way too up and down, and that's what it would be next. Like, if Geno Smith is bad this year, then you're going to Drew Locke at some point. And I don't think they would. Like, they're going to ride Geno Smith the entire season. So, yeah, Seattle is a massive wild card, I think, the entire season. But if Geno looks kind of similar to where he is – well, then here we go. You know, and like, look, quarterback in general dictates everything. We're talking about Russell Wilson. I mean, the Denver offense is still like, I, I know it's preseason, but they haven't looked great, right? Like five drives for the starters, 10 points, 3.2 yards per play. That's what we've seen through their first pre, first two preseason games now. 
And I'm not going to get up and panic because I'm also the person that's been screaming from the top of my lungs that Russell Wilson will be back to the old Russell Wilson, or at least close to it. Yeah. I get it. He's a little bit older. I'm not feeling good, great about it right now, but I also like to pump the brakes because it is still preseason and you don't see a lot. And smart coaches like Sean Payton will strategically make sure you're working on some things, but you're not showing much. I mean, I always use this example, and I'm sure you remember it, when RG3 made his debut in 2012, the one good year, that rookie year, preseason we saw nothing. That week one game against the Saints, he lit the Saints up. So it was like, oh, oh yeah. so this is what it's supposed to look like. So I always caution people at least a little bit when it comes to the preseason. Pump the brakes. You're not going to see the full thing right now. But like you've seen a little bit from that Broncos offense where you, you, you kind of scratch your head and go, I, I really hope they don't look like this in the regular season because like Geno Smith in Seattle, Russell Wilson and the Broncos, a team that I bet to make the playoffs, I'm not going to feel very good about that if Russell Wilson looks like he did oh. last year or even like a step up from that even it was that bad. Oh, no. You bet Denver to make the playoffs? Yes, yes. Oh, uh, you could have yes, just I given me the money. I believe in Russell Wilson. I believe <laughs> in Russell Wilson. You could have given Wilson. it to me. I'm not, I a, also, I'm not a Russ I also guy. bet Indy to have the worst record in the NFL at 14-1, to all right? You got to have some of those long shot bets. It's worth hey, it. I, you got to have some of those. I love the long shot bets. I'm just, I, I'm not a fan of, of, of Russ. And there, there's a lot of reasons why. It's not just the on the field stuff. There's some off the field stuff that I just can't find myself to root for him like I should he checks a lot of box but there's just something about him I, I just can't do it he's and corny. I'm skeptical about he's corny and he's a nerd he is he, and he's really he's corny. He has no self-awareness do you remember the video where Zero. he was like it was like well, there was like a remote and he was like pointing on TikTok and like dance like it was oh, just so God. weird it was so it, it was so, so bad uh, it was he he's his a cringeworthy big guy. contract in bed with Sierra like I get it bro you're <laughs> you're, you're married to Sierra congratulations you got 130 million dollars and you're in bed with Sierra so maybe there's a little bit of jealousy on my on my end like I'm not perfect I can I can admit my flaws in this but I am skeptical this year in particular to see how he's going to adjust to Sean Payton we know at certain points in time in Seattle there seemed to be some headbutting and I've always likened Russell Wilson similar to how you described Geno Smith, but also kind of similar to what we have seen in Arizona with Kyler Murray, where he has a really good start to every single season, and then eventually he tails off a little bit. You can also factor a guy like Josh Allen into that. They put up crazy numbers, like eye-popping numbers, and then they tail off. It's the craziest thing to me that Russell Wilson, as good as he's been, has never gotten an MVP vote. Like Derek Carr has more MVP votes than Russell Wilson does. So I'm skeptical on him being able to put together a full season with Sean Payton because it's a different style. Like Sean Payton's not going to take some of the uh, some of the weird TikTok and things that Russ is doing and hashtag let Russ cook, Mr. Unlimited. Like he's just not going to oh, he's not going to do all stop. that stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, look, I get how corny he is, but I also get that when he's allowed to be Russell Wilson, he's allowed to scramble more and throw on the run and, and run these, you know, these bootlegs where he's just airing it out with that big arm. Like, those are the types of things that make him great. It also helps to have a coach that's at least decent in calling plays in the red zone, designing plays in the red zone, having an understanding of the importance of the red zone. So, like, those alone can so certainly change everything for the trajectory of this team, but... I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried. Then there's other quarterbacks like Malik Willis who went 10 of 17 for 85 yards. And then Trey Lance Boy. looked really good. I'm like, hey, trade both these guys. Like, this is the chance now. Trey Lance had 173 yards passing. I'm like, 49ers should trade him. 
Titans should trade Malik Willis while they have the chance. Sell while the selling's good. Get your opportunity and trade them now. All right, we look back on Major League Baseball the weekend and what that means for the betting market moving forward. Bet MGM tonight.